questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. And tonight we'll discuss the latest false flag operations around the world. False flag operations are covert and manipulative, playing off our fears and anxiety. So how can we identify them? We'll also discuss the most notorious deaths and the motivations behind them, as well as the most relevant geopolitical news. So buckle up. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And if you're new to the Veritas family, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, just click on the subscribe button. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and much more. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And to shine a bright light on conspiracies, tonight's special guest is Veritas veteran Ole Demigord, an award-winning author investigator, musician, artist, painter, former journalist, and much more. For more than 20 years, he has worked very hard to expose some of the biggest conspiracies around the globe, something that has turned out to be very dangerous. His website is lightonconspiracies.com, and he just returned from Acapulco and the very popular Anarcapulco Conference. Hello, Ole, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? I'm super good. Thank you, Mel. And thank you for having me back on the show. Always, always a pleasure. And you and I were just discussing before we started. And I'm very curious. Let's begin with this. You just came back from Acapulco on the very popular conference on Acapulco. Never been, I've been to Acapulco many times, but not to the conference. And I couldn't believe the amount of people that you saw there. So why don't you just give, give us a synopsis of what you experienced? Well, for me, it was uh, it was super, super impressive. It was, uh, I mean, I've been touring now in 15 different countries or so, but I've never been. It's the first time uh, I was invo- invited to uh, Mexico. <clears throat> and it was the fifth year that this conference uh, took place. And I was just uh, amazed because more or less everywhere I go in whatever country it is, the, the people who arrange it have problems uh, gathering an audience, at least a paying audience that can help to fund, you know, organizing the whole thing, renting uh, the places, uh, the equipment and so on. So it's it's very hard to start getting a momentum. I think the only one, the only researcher that I know that really are pulling an audience is David Icke when he, he moves around. But otherwise, the rest of us, we are in the same position more or less. So to come to Mexico in Acapulco that has sort of a bad rap because of the alleged violence, <clears throat> uh, I thought it was amazing to see there was uh, somewhere between two and a half to 3,000 people that had flown in from all over the world. I mean, I met people that have flown in from Vietnam, from China, from the States, from Canada, from all different European countries, Iceland, uh, I mean, it was just uh, amazing. And I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, perform on the main stage. And there was 1,800 chairs in that uh, in that room. That is uh, a lot more than I've ever uh, been in front of. So, but the, the main 
impact, emotional impact on me was not so much what happened on the stages. There was, I don't know how many speakers, but there was a lot, including Ron Paul, uh, G. Edgar, Edward Griffin, um, uh, Mark Passio, uh, David Icke. I mean, uh, Judge Napolitano was supposed to be there, but he backed out. Uh, Cynthia McKinney, but she was from Bangladesh, uh, but uh, um, she was uh, with us via Skype. And so, but there were many, many super speakers there. But like I mentioned before, the real impact on me was all these people that, that came to this place because this is a luxury hotel. I mean, beautiful, beautiful place. And the the people that arranged this had rented the whole place, the whole hotel with, I think, three different buildings, wow. swimming pools and you name it. As far as I know, the whole thing was rented for this event. And to do a thing then like that and pull it off, I just thought it was mind-blowing. So all the people I met were people that had paid for the flights, long flights, paid for the entrance, which was expensive, I think. I don't know what it was, but I mean, I think it was quite a lot. Uh, and still so many people came, all of them so devoted to be part of creating something much more beautiful than we experience now. So for me, it was a, a really, really big uh, experience. I, I got home. I was so empowered by the whole thing. And, and uh, now it's wonderful, wonderful. It's great to hear. And David Icke, David Icke that you mentioned, as you know, he was banned from Australia. Is that still the case? I don't know as far as I know, but he went straight from Acapulco to Los Angeles to change planes to go to, I think, Melbourne or Sydney. And that's where they canceled his visa just four hours before. Wow. I mean, this is, this is, uh, I mean, really it's, have you been, I think he's been there 15 times and now they just pull it right before he, the whole tour starts when all the different uh, venues are rented, hotel rooms, everything is arranged, which really makes, uh, you know, him, it, they, it puts him in a very difficult situation. So, uh, I think very, very, um, sophisticated and with a bad intent that they, they shot him down like this. Let's discuss this. Let's discuss this because I'm no David Icke. I love his work, but this is, there's something happening all over the world. I have been censoring the past few weeks, Google, our hosting company, uh, we prevailed in that battle, but then one of our companies that charges for our subscriptions canceled us all of a sudden. So they're trying to just uh, break us, our livelihoods, our bloodstreams, if you will. David Icke not being allowed in Australia. This is happening everywhere. There is a concerted effort to silence free speech and the truth. I mean, we have political correctness here in the United States, but to me, that's nothing but a way to silence people. What do you think is happening? Is the media getting concerned is the propaganda, well, it's a propaganda machine. Do you think the powers that want to be are getting concerned that people, people are finally listening? They used to hear us, now they're listening to us? If you ask me, that's a big, big yes. I mean, there, there's no need for them to censure us if they did not fear us. And now they're doing it in the most horrific, ugly, uh, so openly way that, I mean, you have to be blind not to see it. I mean, you're talking about YouTube being shut up. 
like uh, I don't know how many of them, I've done between 500 and a thousand interviews. I don't know how many of them that have now been shut down, especially the ones about false flags. They have been shut down normally within 24 to 48 hours. Boom, they're gone. So it's going to be interesting to see how long this is going to be left up there. <laughs> right. My own YouTube channel had been shut down, totally deleted. Uh, you know, just boom, it was gone. Hundreds and hundreds of videos up there. Uh, also, my my website was totally destroyed. It, I've got a massive website. It's uh, called lightonconspiracies.com. And it's just really, really big. And one of the reasons why it's so big is that uh, I invite people in that are getting shut down other places uh, to come in under sort of our umbrella and sort of being protected there when they get shut down elsewhere. But then uh, we hosted on GoDaddy, which I've been using for at least 20 years. And uh, it's always been super good. And then um, one day I started having problems with my email. And so I contacted the support and said, listen, what's going on? Because I've checked everything and I'm I'm a web designer and a programmer. That's my one of my backgrounds. So I, I checked all the codes. Everything was perfect. I contacted the support, which is they're always very good at the support, have always been to me at least. And uh, this woman said, uh, uh, well, the only thing I can see, everything seems to be working, but uh, uh, and it's not in your computer, so it must be somewhere here. The only uh, option I can see is that you delete some of the stuff you've got on the server because you're filling up the space. And I said, but uh, listen, we're paying for unlimited space, so I'm, I'm not sure what part of unlimited uh, that we have to take away. Well, she said the it's up to red here on on our measure, um, whatever they use. And she said, try and delete some of it and see. Hopefully, that will get the email working again. So I said, okay. I I thought it sounded strange because we pay for unlimited uh, space. But anyway, so I contacted my my webmaster and together we, we checked the server to see if there were files that we could delete to see if we could get this working again. And then there was this folder on the server that said the partial backup 2017. And I said to my webmaster, what is that one? I, I, I haven't seen that one before. Have you left that there? He said, no, I, I don't seem to remember it, but maybe, I mean, we've done a lot of things. So... I don't know, maybe, maybe it's, well, anyway. So on the server, there's this program that guides you sort of like uh, if you make a mouse over, it says these files are not used, please delete, or these files aren't used, do not touch. So we just followed the program. And it, on that folder, it said, uh, files not in use, please delete. It said exactly, please delete. So my webmaster said, you want to get rid of it? Yes, sir. I said, yeah, please do. So he clicked it and boom, it was like pressing the button to a bomb. The whole website just disappeared in front of our eyes. All of it just boom. And, and I mean, he, 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 he was so shocked, my webmaster, that he, he just fell down to the floor and puked. It, it was such, because we put so many years into this You didn't have a thing. backup on a local server? So we contacted uh, Google, uh, no, sorry, GoDaddy again. And we said, what happened here? You know, we don't know. You pressed the button, so we don't know what happened. And I said, but 
for sure you must have a backup. And she said, yes, we do have backups, of course, uh, but it's like $280 to reinstall it. <laughs> and I said, okay, $280. We followed your instruction. We pressed one button and the the thing that should not, could not happen just happened in front of our eyes. And she said, well, that's the only option. So we paid $280 and they reinstalled it. And the version we got was from October 2017, which was more than a year old, meaning a whole year's work was gone. So anyway, so I, I hired this guy, a, a team of three, uh, and they worked for six weeks, Mel, six weeks to get this website up and, and run again, because this website had been booby-trapped, ambushed, and nuked fried because the the database that is supposed to be like maybe a couple of thousand lines of codes in total that it was 2.2 billion lines of code and every time we tried to extract stuff from it it just exploded in our face again so it was really booby trapped and so i had people in in panama and india and germany helping me to try and re re get it back up you know because all uh, once we started getting it back up, all the links to the images, to videos, to all of that were destroyed. At the same time, boom, our YouTube channel was uh, destroyed and our PayPal account uh, started filtering. Money disappeared all, all over the place. The, the code of the buttons, you know, the PayPal yep. buttons were changed in my account. It was like it was only because people... Uh, told me that it's not working because, I mean, how can code change? It cannot. But somebody had been in and, and manually changed the code so that they didn't work. So, I mean, it was six weeks. That is a long time when you're sitting on a website this size and with so many followers and uh, also membership, you know, and people. But people were so fantastic, you know, and instead of them leaving us and uh, deserting uh, my my passion for truth, they backed me up instead. So they helped me pay the team uh, that uh, that sorted this whole thing out. But uh, I can tell you, censorship that uh, that is it. Also, I got fake Twitter accounts in my name uh, that the where the Twitter accounts is with my photo. It's everything looks like it was me, but it's the the account itself is trying to destroy my reputation, you know, showing me going way back when I did web design that these clients does not exist and this and that and this. And also I got the, uh, on Facebook the post being posted by me. I can see it's my account that I posted them, but it's not me. And then these these posts gets flagged and I get shut down. Do you see? So, th so there's a real, very direct maneuver to destroy people like myself. Uh, it's incredible. In this holes. It's incredible that this is happening. It, well, actually, it's not incredible. I don't doubt that this is going to happen. I mean, you can read 1984 and Brave New World. You know that truth is going to be censored in the future. But in our case also, first it was Google, and they sent us a letter stating you have social engineering content on, content on your website, which you need to remove. And I said, well, 
why don't you submit what it is that you want us to remove? So they submitted a, <laughs> a, a simple Excel spreadsheet, which was empty. Then nothing. <laughs> then a week later, our hosting company said, we have been contacted by several companies saying that you have social engineering content. And I'm thinking, what a bunch of hypocrites, Google. They are the ones that are engineering our minds with their search engines. So I went back to them with the same thing. Tell me what it is that is infringing, infringing upon the terms of agreement. Nothing. Well, anyway, as I said, we prevailed. Then it was Stripe. We like to give people an additional option other than PayPal. Some people don't like PayPal, but they have always been good to us. So it was Stripe. And they came out saying, you are a high risk. You are engaging in, in a list of activities. And those activities showed illegal drug trading, sexual trafficking, and a bunch of oh, other things. On. And we went to them and I said, this is ridiculous. But once they shut the door, they don't even respond to emails. And even if I go to an attorney, my attorney said, read the terms of agreement. It's, it's such a blanket statement that they could actually refuse service to, to a nun or a priest for just mm. praying to the Lord, if you will. It's, it's vicious. I mean, but the way I see it, I mean, I just think, okay, great. That just shows I'm on track. You know, I'm right over target. Otherwise, I wouldn't uh, receive incoming fire. But right. uh, it's uh, it's quite horrendous. You have to really be balanced inside and uh, in a good space to be able to handle these things. Do you know, I, I was on um, Project Camelot. I mean, that is quite a big platform. Yeah. And uh, about force flags once again. And uh, she got uh, two warnings because of interviews with me and then a third one because of one I did together with Fetzer, Jim Fetzer. Warnings from and whom? She, she was the... Sorry? For warnings from whom? From... Uh, uh, YouTube? YouTube, I believe. YouTube, I believe it was that they were going to shut down her whole... I mean, just delete wow. it. And so she got lawyers involved and started uh, fighting them. And uh, I think they backed off, but it, it's it's really brutal at the moment. Do you think, in, in, Ole, that this has to do? And I don't mean to bring people to light here or give them free advertising, but you know, Alex Jones, he was the very first one, in my opinion, where he had he started being censored. And I think, and I don't mean to get political here, folks, but I just have to tell you the truth. It seems that. A lot of people during the last elections in the United States forgot to watch the news. They just didn't care about it. And they were listening elsewhere. Do you think that they just want to be able to control the narrative in such a way that anybody else that speaks the truth has to be silenced? I normally don't badmouth people, but Alex Jones, I trust about zero percent. No, uh, I get that. I, see, I get that. But free I speech. I see him as... Yeah. They they made sort of a case around him as I'm not really sure how, but to sort of uh, um, entrap the rest of us. Exactly. In this whole That's my point. A president. Yeah. I don't know really what game they're playing, but that's what they're doing. I think also because he was coming to a point where he was going to be exposed uh, really big. And and so they turned it around and and fired it back at us. Some I I don't understand how. I just know that or deeply believe that this is what is going on. 
because you know many shows like stt report and stuff yeah. they really want me back on but they don't dare because they get shut down and it's not be- i mean it's i'm not uh, in t- into politics or anything it's when i talk about false flags that how they're used uh, the templates that are being used also because i've been able to publicly uh, predict 15 now up to two months before they happen 15 of these uh, alleged terror attacks so one one of the things I do in many interviews is show how is it possible that I've been able to do this? Is it is it because I'm super intelligent? I think not. Or I've got a crystal ball? No, tampoco. But it is because I have found that they actually leave hidden clues in the forensic evidence. I was told that uh, by an insider in the fall of 2014. And at that time, I had no idea what he was on about. But after uh, he told me that I was doing good, but I missed out on the clues, I started looking for them. And once I saw that, oh, my God, he was actually right. That is when I started. As soon as something happened, boom, I look for the clues. I don't look at the official story or all of these things. I'm looking for the clues for the next upcoming one. And I managed to understand to quite a good extent i i at least i think so uh, what to look for and thus i've been able to predict all of these ones so it's it's i tell you the th- the whole thing is how have an individual been able to predict these terror attacks if they were separate things uh, there including mass shootings if, if they were separate events if they were not uh carried out by the same force. How is that possible? And if so, why have I not been interrogated as someone with inside knowledge? Because how the hell have I been able to do this? Or if these uh, these uh, agencies that are there to protect us officially and are investigating officially these crimes, alleged crimes, uh, why have they not contacted me and said, listen, you must know something we don't please help us, but not, not a single word, not nothing except being shut down, which I interpret totally is that they're so part of this whole thing, the the ones that are there officially to protect us. They're so the true. ones doing it to us. This is one of those those questions that I never, never occurred for me to ask you, but now I am. If you, if you predicted all these false flag events and shootings and so on, you haven't been contacted by the Interpol or if you were in the United States by the Secret Service, nobody has ever contacted you? Nope. But, Mel, uh, then you could say, well, maybe they, they never heard of you. Well, I'll tell you, in in WordPress, our, my website is in WordPress, and there's all of the statistics. You can check the, the traffic, the ban, you know, bandwidth used, and who's visiting the site by the uh, IP addresses. And uh, I mean, it's, it's like a spy program, but nowadays used by every, everyone. And... Uh, when we installed the website again, we, we just checked, you know, to just see the amount of traffic. And there were especially three uh, visitors that just skyrocketed because normally it's like maybe three visits or six or eight or 20 or something like that. Here, we they were in the thousands. So we checked the IP address. One of them went straight to Kungsholmen in Stockholm. That's Serpo. That's the headquarters of the Swedish police and the secret police in Sweden. 
that's exactly there. Boom. The second one was uh, exactly where the MI6 headquarters in London is. And the third one was NSA. Go figure. So it's not that they're not aware of what I'm doing. So once again, why the silence? You mentioned Sweden. And when we were discussing doing another interview, you mentioned that today's date coincides with, is it Olaf Holmes' death's, death? Death Was it? I tell you, Mel, it is uh, 11.23 Friday night on the 28th of February, and this is the exact minute when he is was allegedly murdered. So it is a very historical minute. We're when I just asked you that question right now? Wow. Yeah, it's it's the exact time. It is the exact time. Now, for those people who are listening to us who may not know the connection, did you leave Sweden or were compelled to leave Sweden because of your investigation into the murder of former Prime Minister Olaf Palme? It was a it was a major reason why we left, and we left quite urgently because I had two friends. I, I spent twelve years looking into this assassination very deeply, and I was involved in a group called the private. Uh, uh, what would you call them? Private detectives. But it was like uh, we were being made fun of in media everywhere. We, it was just a group of very concerned citizens, mostly elder men, former police officers, lawyers, uh, custom officers, uh, and so on, that had these private meetings trying to find out what the hell happened to Sweden. Because it was very clear after just a year down the line that this uh, assassination in Sweden the first ever of the of its kind was not being investigated at all at all and and yet it is the world's most expensive murder investigation of all times it is still after uh, it was it happened in february 86 so it's like what is it 33 years ago uh, exactly now and to this very day, they have found zero. I mean, it's the patsy, the patsy, the patsy or nothing. And I've written a book, almost a thousand pages called Coup d'etat in slow motion. Coup d'etat in slow motion. And the reason for the title is that it was a coup d'etat, but in slow motion. It was boom, the shots were fired. And then slowly, 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 slowly. So nobody really noticed what happened. These forces took over. Do you know, the, the thing is, because if you, if you make a coup d'etat, for instance, if you look uh, historically in South America and so on, the military can very easily take over. They just kill the president, boom, they take over. But from that day... They have a problem with the population. You know, they, you have demonstrations, you have guerrilla movements, you have all kind of underground activities. You've got so-called terror activities, bombings, whatever, uh, of people that are, are furious about what, what just occurred. So the military or the new rulers, they've had to like, fill stadiums and kill thousands of people and torture them and whatever. So not very clever. The way to do it is a psyop. You boom, and then slowly, slowly, stepping stones so people don't really see any connections to what happened, but slowly, slowly moving the whole country into a totally different uh, state. And when I go to Sweden now, I mean, I grew up there. I was born in Denmark, but I grew up in Sweden. 
I feel like a foreigner. I, I'm lost. It's like a different country. It's so much harder, so much more right wing, so much uh, more violent, so much. Uh, I, I don't recognize it at all. Sweden is right wing? So, uh, really? It. I mean, the, the, the feeling there is getting colder and colder. Uh, where it used to be, I mean, the reputation of Sweden is, you know, the perfect white island, taking care of the poor, uh, and so on. That is not the, the the way I see it now. But yet again, Sweden is under heavy, heavy attack at the moment. And most people are not even aware of it, because they're trying to force Sweden into NATO, uh, which inofficially, in my uh, in my opinion, Sweden has been a member of NATO since 1954, but officially they're still out. But they've worked hand in hand with NATO ever since 54. And uh, but now they're trying to to freak the population out with all of this fear of the Russian threat, and so to get Sweden in under the umbrella so that they will uh, join NATO as well. But NATO has turned from what was first created as a defense mechanism into this terror tool that is just uh, doing horrific stuff. And I'm, I'm very ashamed to say that Denmark was one of the founding members and uh, have been at war for 17 years in different wars that had nothing to do with Denmark whatsoever. So it's, uh, it's very tragic to see all of these young people signing up, trying to, well, doing what they believe is the correct thing to do to go out in the world and liberate them. But it's the exact opposite. It's rape, death and plunder. That is what it's all about in the name of the greed of the few, you know, the new world order, not countries, not that it's that uh, little elite that are just uh, very mercilessly, just brutally slaughtering population after population for their own greed. I read an article today saying that some of the men and women who are enlisting in, enlisting in the our military in the United States were not even born when these war, I call it the war for terror, the war on terror began in 2001. So these kids were not even here when this whole started. How long are we going to perpetuate these eternal wars that see no end? And the enemy does not have clothes or uniforms It's the perfect, perfect conflict for the military-industrial complex. It's the war of terror. It's with an, there's no enemy. There's no visible enemy. They can keep it going on for as long as they want, forever and ever, if we don't wake up. The thing is, if you look at it, I mean, I've looked into hundreds of so-called terror attacks. And to this day, Mel, I tell you, I, I am not sure I've encountered one real terrorist I mean, that sounds very bizarre, but I should be a super expert on, especially Muslim terrorists. I have not encountered one single one. What I have encountered is state-sponsored terrorism, Gladio uh, attacks, NATO, the US, uh, military uh, with private contractors as well involved, and then the CIA, Mossad, and MI6 hand in hand in bed with each other in the backgrounds so but all the time being blamed on whatever current boogeyman they're using i mean it used to be the russians then it was the bulgarians east germans in the cold war 
then the wall went down. Oh, my God, what are we going to do now? We are very close to world peace. We can't have that. So they tried to, with a, with a threat from outer space, didn't really work. And then somebody came up with the idea, the Muslim terrorists. Welcome in on the stage, blah, 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 or whatever, uh, because they were perfect in media, you know, dark eyes, big eyebrows, big mustache, very weird names. And they come from countries that most people, at least in the States, have no idea where they even are. And, uh, and also with the religion, uh, and now they weaponize the words Muslim and uh, Islam and Quran. So that you just have to mention the word Muslim and people, their brain will say terrorist. You say Muhammad, oh my God, terrorist. You say Islam, oh my God, jihad and uh, bombs. That is what people hear. But that is absolutely not true. Not as far as I know. And I've been to more than 50 countries, many of them Arab countries in the Middle East. And I tell you that the, the country that is the most bizarre because most of the time I've just met beautiful people in very difficult situation many times. Uh, the poorer, the more generous and kind and loving. I mean, absolutely amazing people most of the time. Except Israel, that is one strange place where I would say, say it's like South African apartheid, but in a mo modern version. It is, it is unreal what is going on there. And also you will see that... Uh, the Israeli part, not the people, but the powers behind Israel are so central in so much of these alleged terror attacks here. It is Mossad. It's their templates that are being used. You know, Mossad's motto is a war by deception. And this is what we're seeing big time, all according to the CIA's strategy of tension, how to inflict fear into modern society scare the living bejesus out of the normal person in the street, random violence. It has to be random because it will, otherwise it won't affect so many. And all of it is, according to the old Roman template as well, problem, reaction, solution. The few in power secretly create a problem to get the reaction from the population. The reaction they're looking for is an emotional outcry of fear so that we don't think we just go into, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then we, uh, the normal person, turn towards the people we think are there to protect us, not understanding that it's actually them who have created the problem, problem, reaction, solution. And the solution is every single time something we would never, ever have accepted had it not been for the problem. And also the solution every single time is the same. More and more militarized police, more and more surveillance, more and more cameras, more and more body scanners, backscatters, unjust wars, uh, higher taxes, uh, um, all of these things. You know, there's never any money for homeless people or, or for war veterans or for schools or education or, um, you know, old people's home hospitals, you name it, mental institution, no money, very sorry, we don't have it. But if you want surveillance cameras or satellite, the iris recognition, whatever, it's only 4.4 billion, $4 billion each. Well, let's take 16 of them while you're at it. So I would suggest we are being played big, big, big time here. And also look at the world today. If if I'm correct, and what we are seeing, all of this claim terrorism are 
all based on lies, at least to maybe 95% or something like that, including most of the mass shootings. If that is a lies, then see all of these, which has been the solution to all of these problems, all of that security, all of this uh, militarization of the police forces, all of these, uh, um, you name it, how, how the world has changed, especially from 2001 and forward. It's, it's a totally different planet we're living on, and it's more or less all based on pure lies. It's interesting that the last probably three, four minutes of your words are probably going to cost us to get this video <laughs> shut down. Because when you, use, you, when you use the I word or the J word, it, folks, it, we're just trying to get to the truth. We don't hate anybody. We just want to, as all as all it says, we're shining a light on the conspiracies. But just a funny story years ago, uh, before I even started this program, I had two books that I really enjoyed by the author Victor Ostrovsky. You probably know what I'm talking about. By way of deception, the making of a, an unmasking of a Mossad officer. And it tells you everything. So years ago, I found the gentleman. He's in Phoenix. He has a gallery. And I tried to get a hold of him. Well, he was supposed to get in touch with me on a certain date. And the next day when I called, they said, well, actually, he left on vacation for a full week now unexpectedly and he never returned phone calls i guess he doesn't want to talk about this i don't know what had the mossad had done i don't know if this uh, this information book that he wrote but you mentioned something interesting too you said that we've tried the threat from outer space and it didn't work do you think they've tried that or is that something yet to be tested on the population because i haven't really seen it yet no, they were as far as I know, and uh, it didn't really work then. But I mean, they've been, been preparing it through movies and all kinds of stuff uh, over the years. Preparation. Preparation, preparation, preparation. And now with with all the chemtrails and the harp thing where they can start uh, doing things, uh, visual, visual things in the sky as well. I mean, who knows what they're going to do. But, uh, you know, the thing is, it comes down to... How can an elite few, or they call themselves the elite, I've got a lot of words that it's not that flattering, but uh, if you look at the old Roman Empire, which is very symbolic for what's going on now as well, you, have a, you had a, a very little uh, group of people in Rome and a massive, massive, massive empire. This was way before telephones or internet or, or even mail. So how could they control all of these countries, all of these thousands of people, thousands of miles away? It's only through deception and it's only through fear. That's the only way they could do it. And with an outer enemy, it's always an outer enemy, a boogeyman, so that they can come and protect you. It's just like the mafia. Same methods. And we see the exact same thing here where... Uh, they're trying to make us, they, they need us fearful. That's why they pump us with this massive propaganda machine that is called mainstream media now to keep us in fear. It's just fear, 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 fear porn all the time, all the time, all the time to keep us on our knees with our head bent down and, and buried in debt so that we can't even breathe and start looking around and see, hey, wait a second, I'm 
this looks strange. That's where they want it, with a boot on top of our head. But the thing is, if we liberate ourselves, because we can do that, because fear is only in the mind. You know, it's like the mind can only think one thought of a t- at a time. And we decide which thoughts we give power, you know, through meditation and so on. You can free yourself so that you liberate yourself from the inside. Then once you're free inside, you can start looking at the world with free choices. Even if you're inside of a prison with bars around you and walls, you can still liberate your mind. And this is what they fear, because if you liberate yourself, you let go of fear. Oh, my God, then you suddenly you become a powerful individual. And that is what they're they're, they're so terrified of us uh, understanding our own power that we can do this. So this is why they try. It's like being up against Mike Tyson. It's like do, 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 mass shooting, mass shooting, uh, terror attack, blah, 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 bam, 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 to keep us distracted all the time. And if not that, then what is uh, what is Trump tweeting at the moment? What is he to ew, He's tweeting about this. He's tweeting about that. All, if you ask me, distraction, distraction. He, it's like a clown on stage just distracting our minds so that we do not see what it is actually going on in the world what is actually taking place most people are focusing on the weird hairdo i mean i'm not into politics i do not know about trump but uh, this is how i see him when i look upon him it's like he creates chaos and confusion and attraction so people are looking that way instead of seeing we're going down here folks if we do not do anything it's speeding up and we are going down so, but then again, if you want depression, I'm the wrong person because I am super optimistic. And I think it's just a matter of very short time before we can transcend this whole thing because it is falling apart. It's cracking down and the fog is lifting. So even people that have been so-called asleep are starting to see things like, what the hell? This is, I'm starting to see this is so strange. Before they couldn't see anything. It was like being in this thick, thick fog. Now it's lifting more and more. But the truth is coming out. That The truth is just starting to spread the light in so many different areas. And I, you know, like, if I'm correct, millions of people are waking up. Millions and millions. So it's fantastic times. How is the government different than the mafia? In the old days, the mafia would come to your business and extort you, pay for security, or else, well, the mafia under control, you know, it, they're under control somewhat, but the government threatens you. Pay taxes or else, even though there's no law stating, at least in the United States, there's no law stating that an individual has to pay income tax. So has the government learned from the mafia? And the only difference is that the government has been deputized and committing crimes has become law. Do you know, uh, my friend Max Egan was asked if he votes and he said, no, I do not support organized crime. <laughs> and I, I thought that was a brilliant answer. <laughs> Very Max, yeah. Be- because the thing is, I trust the mafia a lot more than government people. That I can say, because there is a certain honesty and loyalty inside the mob. They have a code of ethics. They have a code They've of ethics, got a code right? of it. Yeah, it's a very brutal code of ethics, but they do. And I mean, 
if you're a snitch, there are certain rules for that. I mean, it's very, very like the government. Oh, my God. I do not trust them as far as I can spit. It's, and I, I remember one time we were talking about the Olaf Palme case because in Sweden, I was so confused uh, because I, I was sort of on a, on a street level trying to find out what actually happened there. And I, I always came to a certain point, but it was like I couldn't get further up. It was like this fog, this, uh, this invisible wall that was built there. And, and I remember I was sitting talking to the former, uh, he was the chief of the Swedish custom uh, services for the, the national um, CEO or whatever you want to call him, the, the, top, the top man in the whole uh, system when it came to the, uh, the customs. And so he, he had been in these circles. And, and I asked, you know, like, how, how is it possible that no one is reacting? I mean, they must be able to see what we are seeing, that this is just totally sick what is going on. Nothing is being done. And I said, but do all of them know? He said, no one of them knows the whole, uh, the whole truth behind these operations. They don't want to. And they are not, uh, they, if they do, they become a threat. So they're very aware of not getting to know too much. But he said, the only way you can get to that level in society is to corrupt yourself. Otherwise, you don't get up there. He said, it is like um, an invisible ladder. And you just come to a certain, uh, just like within the Freemasons, you just come to a certain uh, rang or, or class or level if you do not con corrupt yourself. If you corrupt yourself and you say you're loyal to their cause, my God, you can be as stupid as a brick and your career will just go straight up into key positions where you will be sat and put there to do absolutely nothing while the whole machine is working behind you. So I do not trust politician at all, at all. And uh, I, uh, you know, the word government, if uh, there are different uh, variations of what it means, but as far as I know, it's an old Greek uh, word called government, meaning your mind control the mind, mind control. Yeah. And also in Sweden, we got, we haven't got the uh, parliament, but we got what is called regering and to regera, the verb of that is to rule. So the government means the rulers, but there's a total misunderstanding here because officially they're supposed to work for us, not to rule us. But this is what we're seeing here. They are our. We have appointed our rulers that are so corrupt nowadays that it's just uh, very saddening to see. Yes, those of us who are lucky to speak another language, in your case, you speak many of them. But government, you know, mind. Govern your mind, and you mentioned a similar word to regir, which means to rule. All these words are in front of us: real estate taxes, for example. Real. When you see the word real, that means royal, which means the queen or the king. You have all these words in front of you, and we just don't question them. Like here in the United States, I don't know if you have the same thing in Europe. We have property taxes. You can retire from your job, and finally. And you're going you know, to have the sunset of your life, but you still have to pay those property taxes regardless if you have income or not. And if you don't pay, they take the property away. So do you even own your own roof? It's organized crime, though. That's, that's it. 
it's organized. Once you start seeing it for what it is, it all makes sense. And then, I mean, I think we're at a point where everything is upside down. White is black. And just like in the JFK movie, Garrison says, listen, we have to understand white is black and black is white. We're behind the mirror. This is it. It's all upside down. So if you want to understand the world, just turn it 180 degrees around. Everything that is supposed to be good for us is now bad for us. And, and the bad stuff are the good stuff. It's very confusing. But at the same time, it's like, do I trust the police? I would much rather go to the Hells Angels, you know, to if I have a problem. It's, it's so twisted. But once you just accept, okay, this is the way it is, suddenly things start making sense and then you can find solutions. And what I try to do is I try to approach these uh, uh, people, the, the police, the military, also health angels and so on, to get to the hearts of these individuals and wake them up just, just because they're the ones protecting these uh, hidden rulers from us. So they, they think they're doing their job, but actually they're helping to destroy the world. So I think it's the individuals that I'm trying to reach. And I, I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere, you know, secret meetings, uh, wherever, because many of these people are, are very scared, you know, scared. They don't know who to speak to uh, with their colleagues. They don't know who to be able to trust. They're afraid of their pension, their career. But so many are starting to say the same thing, you know, see the same things. Even I'm being contacted, you know, by former members of government and and generals and you you name it all kinds of of high level people that are saying i'm i'm really really i don't know what to do you know so many people are just on the verge to become whistleblowers or step forward or but they're so afraid afraid for their families and their own safety and and so on but it's bubbling right under the surface let me ask you this you mentioned jfk and garrison and a bunch of names start coming to mind, but let's go in chronological order with McCain, John McCain, and then uh, President George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, who recently uh, died. Let's go there first. You may remember that McCain had a leg brace or a walking boot in one leg first and then the other leg. And at the same time, Hillary Clinton was wearing a leg brace in the same leg as McCain. Did you study that phenomenon a few years ago? I know about it. I did not stu study it. I mean, there's so many weird things uh, about these individuals. I mean, Hillary or Hitler, sorry, Hillary. Yeah. Uh, she, All of the above. I know at least four ver different people that have been acting as Hillary. So who, who is the real one? I mean, they don't even look alike. Uh you know, we've done a lot of facial recognition, the whole thing. It's it's not even near. Once you start putting the photos next to each other, it's like, holy, it's not even, it's not the same age, not the same weight, not the same height. It's nowhere near. So what is going on? We are, we are being played in so many different levels. That That is what I know. And there's so many different layers of these psyops that I just know, maybe I understand a fraction of them. So things like that, I don't know. Um, were they even injured or did you just put it on for some reason? Do you know, there's so many things with the shoes and the feet. I don't know if you're aware of that in these operations. 
um, very often, uh, you know, in these uh, false flag attacks, one of the things that I encountered in the hundreds were uh, victims without shoes, one shoe off or two shoes off, uh, hit by cars, two shoes off. And so, so I've spoken to many <clears throat> or several uh, ambulance drivers and, and uh, doctors and police officers that are, are used to go to uh, places where accidents have occurred or train accidents or whatever, asking them about what about these shoes? And they say it's very unusual that shoes just fall off like that. Sometimes you know, train wrecks and so on, it can happen, but normally not. So uh, I started looking into these shoes more and more and more. And what I encountered, it's especially Nike shoes that are left there. And they are very, they're very, very central in photos from these uh, crime sites where people have been allegedly shot or murdered or whatever. Uh, you have the all of this uh, gruesome thing in the in the picture, and then there's a Nike trainer. And so I, the, I, di I didn't really understand to start with, but when I started encountering them again and again and again and again. I, I started talking about them in in many in interviews because I thought that they were being left there as sort of like a business card, almost you know like uh, Operation Phoenix in in Vietnam, this mass extinction program where they were murdering lots of uh, people that they claim were Viet Cong. One of the things that did they did was they left the ace of spade, the playing card, in the mouth of the victim, just as also to to spread terror. So I thought it was that. But then I was contacted by a Freemason who said that, <clears throat> no, no, it is, uh, you have to understand, it's the same with the Freemasonic rituals in the temples. One shoe off <clears throat> means uh, that this individual is doing this ritual uh, voluntarily. Two shoes off means homage to the sacred space where this sacrifice is being carried out. So that took it to a new level. Also, this whole thing with one trousers leg up. You well, hold on, before you, go to the trousers, before you go to the trousers, I apologize for interjecting, but what you're saying is is so incredible because I don't know if you know the work of D David Politis, Missing 411, yeah. and the yeah. common denominator in all his books is shoes. the absence of shoes, right? It's the shoes. They're always missing. I've been looking into a lot of missing people in, in the national parks and also children that are being, uh, you know, abducted. And all. the shoes, the shoes, the shoes. So uh, I, I looked into more and more and more. And I started finding that these shoes were not only terror attacks, but I found them in about 48 different countries, the exact same way the shoes were being used in images where you got like an alleged uh, plane crash you don't you can hardly see the plane but right in the center of the image itself is a nike shoe you know or a children's nike shoe it's nike nike again and again and again <coughs> so uh, also it was it's being used in like i said not only mass shootings but everything from virus uh, scares to uh, wife beating to um you name it, so many things that has to do with fear where the shoes have been um, been used. So one time I did an interview together with Cody Snodgrass, a CIA whistleblower that I helped stepping forward. Uh, 
if you haven't had him on your show yet, I can super, super duper recommend him. Sure. What an incredible source of information. Anyway, but he was in his career, he was uh, a, an independent black op contractor for more than 20 years. And he was also partly involved in MKUltra. And he said in this interview, he said, wait a second, I think there's another level to this thing. He said that when you prepare an individual uh, as an MK Ultra asset, what you have to do is you break them down by torture or sexual abuse, horrific things, pain, pain, pain. And it, this is with the intention to splitting the mind that the, the soul can just not, when it can't take any more, the personality just splits into more than one. And then this second uh, personality can then be accessed through trigger points or uh, trigger symbols and can then be used as whatever they want them to without the, the first personality even knowing what the second part is doing. It's, it's very, very strange. So the trigger signal is very important to trigger this individual into becoming where they can control him. So this is what you see sometimes in movies when they get a phone call and maybe the voice says uh, the hummingbird is red or something like that. And boom, this individual goes into like a trance or a secondary personality where they can be controlled. So what Cody suggested was here we have decades of horrific events that go all the way back to the Holocaust where shoes have signified become the symbol of death. You know, these big mountains of, of shoes that say, are said to come from dead victims from the gas chambers. <clears throat> that was the first time when shoes were being used. And also, the Hebrew name of the Holocaust is Shua. Anyway, it I found uh, images of these shoes that have been spread all over the place from the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Balkan War, and in so many other of these uh, uh, more modern wars and also terror attacks. So what Cody said was he believes that the shoe has been used as a global mind-controlled fear trigger. Do you know, because just like when you break down someone uh, for MK Ultra, what they do sometimes is they torture someone and then in front of their face, they put a symbol, maybe an upside down butterfly or whatever it is. So every time this individual experiences this intense pain, the symbol is there, the symbol is there, the symbol is there. So in the end, they don't have to torture the person, they just show the symbol and boom, the trauma is just activated. And so, so what Cody suggested and what I believe is true is that for so many years, when there is a horrific thing, we see images and our subconscious, I've spoken to psychologists about this as well, they say our subconscious will try to avoid seeing at this horrific thing, even though we are very curious. So you look at the blood or whatever, and then you pull away you, and your your eyes will look for some something more um, um, you know, some comfortable or, or normal and the shoe will be there. So the shoe will, will be as a trigger. So you look at the blood and you say, Oh my God. And then you go, that's the first hit. And then you see the shoe, boom, that's the second hit. So it's like, doom, doom, where you get this amplified traumatic experience. So nowadays I tell you, if you look at the newspaper cuttings from alleged, uh, I please notice how I use the word alleged all the time. 
a less shooting at night, you know, like for instance, Broadway nightclub shooting, three dead. And the only image is of a Nike trainer in the street. Or you got uh, like uh, all kinds of violent uh, crimes that are said, the image, a Nike trainer. Um, stabbing in England, there's been a whole wave of alleged stabbings, shoes, 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 trainers, trainers, trainers. And then when I started pointing this out in hundreds of interviews and more and more people uh, started catching on to this, it, it's come to a point, Mel, that my, my last name has been turned into a verb. Can you believe it or not? So not by myself, but to Damagard is to look for these hidden clues and find them and help to predict the next uh, <laughs> upcoming attack. Good one. So the more so the more people that are into this and start seeing it has sort of disturbed their their uh, way of operating. So now I think they're in a transition where they're trying to move away from shoes because it's becoming almost like a joke online joke oh another shoe another shoe another shoe so now they try to do both shoes and bicycles so you will see a crime and a bicycle in the background so now they're trying to do it with these bicycles so that they don't have to use the shoes this is my interpretation at least so now you see there's all of these bicycles suddenly in the background and then you have drive-by shootings by on on a bicycle have you seen there's been multiple of those even the sur George Bush surgeon, I think it was, right, was gunned yes. down by a guy on a bicycle, uh, and it's and it's just getting more and more bizarre. So hold, hold it right there because we have to break both segments. Yeah. And when we come back, I want to continue discussing this, but I also want to. I don't think you and I have ever discussed the individuals that are notorious: John Lennon, uh, Martin Luther King, Princess Diana. We, we may have briefly discussed them. Uh, RFK, and many of the others. I'd like to see what uh, common denominators you've, you've found and if you suspect who may be behind these. But how can people learn more about your work, Oli? Well, first of all, I can tell you a lot about all of these cases you just mentioned and how they're connected. But uh, my website is lightonconspiracies.com, lightonconspiracies.com. And I'm a one-man band, so uh, if anyone is interested in, in supporting these types of efforts to make a change for the better, uh, please consider donations or buying my books, my membership, whatever. Also, please support Mel in uh, creating this platform because it's through platforms like Veritas that we can get the truth out there. So I really applaud that. Thank you, Ole. Well, folks, don't go anywhere. We are going to get deeper when we come back in the member section. This is Mel Famergus, and you are listening to Veritas. My guest today is Ole Damigord. Thank you for listening to the first part of this very important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or subscribe at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and other great products. Thank you.